0: The gifts of the Holy Spirit are the most important thing in the lives of, of Pentecostal believers. The, the Holy Ghost, what He says, what He does, how He leads, is that not important? And yet, there has not another subject in the Bible that we've been so uninformed about over the years. We've done it fly-by-the-seat-of-the-pants stuff. You know what I'm saying? whatever the Holy Spirit wanted to do, and most of the people that even when they saw, and it's a funny thing about the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit does or says something, people don't have a problem understanding that it's Him. Right? They may not know exactly what He said or why He said it. In other words, you know, wow, what, what's that all about? They may not be able to define what they heard and saw biblically, scripturally, but we need to be able to. All right? So even Paul said, you know, of things in the Bible, subject after subject after subject, I would not have you to be ignorant of these things or uninformed. In the South, ignorant means that you're uninformed. In the North, it means something different because I use the word ignorant up North and people go, why'd you use that word? What, you mean about being uninformed? There's no shame in being uninformed. There's only shame in staying there, choosing to remain in it. There's shame in that, I think, in my opinion. That's why um, the Lord, and the Lord didn't say plow right into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. No, he told me when and now is the time. Why? I believe now is because we're in that transition, are we not? And in the transition, when we set our feet on the ground and we've obeyed God, we've done what we're supposed to do, you're going to see more and more and more of the gifts of the Spirit of God in operation. That's, that's God's word on it. I start to say, that's my word on it. But it's not, I'd be lying. It's not my word on it. What, what did we say a week ago? We said, if we obey God, he will bless us, right? If we'll, and, and what? Hey, I don't know about you, but I believe that the move of the Spirit of God was as precious as I've ever seen with us here today, today seven days after last week. You you get my drift? So what he said, we keep obeying God and just keep letting God be God, all right? Look, look, and that way, even when change comes and it's uncomfortable, if God helps us, it's all right. If he helps us, it's all going to be okay, amen? All right, I want you to grab your Bibles. I wanted to do an introduction on the gift of prophecy today. It's one of the, weirdly, besides tongues, it's probably one of the most misunderstood gift of the Spirit in the New Testament. Um, because when we left the Old Testament behind, all we knew about prophecy was that we had prophets, right? And they told the future. Am I right or wrong? They were prophets. And how do we know they were prophets? Because they opened their mouth and they talked about things they got from God that revealed the future, right? So it's easy to, to, to misunderstand that that's exactly the way it is in the New Testament because it's not. There's been a shift. There's been a slight change. Are there still prophets? You bet. You better believe it. If you say there's no prophets in the world today, then you're calling Paul and the Holy Ghost a liar when he said, and God gave gifts to the church. Some apostles, some prophets, amen? Some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, right? Now, now, why are the gifts of the Spirit of God important to the fivefold ministry? How do you recognize a prophet when you genuinely see one? Because lots. How, do you, how would you recognize an apostle? Because many of the gifts of the Spirit operate in their life. As a matter of fact, if I stood here all day long and said, I'm an apostle, I'm an apostle, I'm an apostle. If there's no fruit of that in my life, I can hang a sign on me that says I'm an apostle. But if there's no bananas, I'm not a banana tree. Right? So, what, what, why is it important to the five-fold ministry? Because it helps the five-fold ministry stand in that office that they're called to. Tell what, Brother Dennis, look, look, you know what? There's no brag left in me. There's no brag left in me. I don't got no brag left in me. But I'm a pastor. I stand in the five-fold ministry, so I will tell you that, yes, I'm very comfortable with the gifts of the Spirit of God that want to use me. I'm not uncomfortable with it. I'm not, you know. Uh, most of the time I will turn to Ruth and I will tell my wife, mark this down. Here's what the Holy Ghost just said. Just so when it happens, I can turn to Ruth and say, what, what did God say? She'll say, God said two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever, this was going to happen. But a prophet and an apostle, man, they're marked by many of the gifts, many of the gifts, right? Now, Let's, let's digress just a little bit. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read verse 7 through 11 like we always do. We love to do that. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read 7 through 11. 7-11. All right. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. What did we just learn? We just learned that God uses people and the gifts of the Spirit of God for the whole benefit of the church, for the benefit of the whole church. Do you get my drift there? All right. For to one is given through the Spirit, the utterance of wisdom. In the King James Version, it's called the word of wisdom. That's where I started learning it, and that's what I still call it today, word of wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge. I still call it a word of knowledge. According to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits or discerning of spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. And these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Hate to break it to you. It's awfully easy for you to fall into the trap of saying, I have this gift. Or I have that gift. We've got a lot of gifts from God, but you don't own any of the gifts of the Spirit of God. As a matter of fact, the Holy Ghost is a he, it's a him, it's a real individual, and he uses you, you don't use him, right? And don't get all puffed up when the Holy Spirit uses you, because in the Old Testament, God spoke through a jackass, and the jackass didn't change at all, right? Right? God used the donkey, spoke through him, but after that was over with, the donkey was still a donkey. Right? Now, I'll let you elaborate on the inside of you for that for yourself. All right? As I've explained on several occasions, the simplest way to describe the gifts of the Spirit is to say, three of the gifts say something. Three of the gifts do something. And three of the gifts reveal something. I can't make it any simpler than that. We can't keep it any simpler than that. So it goes like this, three gifts of utterance that say something are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. If it's vocal, if it says something, it's one of the three utterance gifts that say something. Then you have the three power gifts. They're the ones that do something. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And man, we just finished the gifts of healings. And how powerful was that when we found out? Look, I'm 64 years old. We know I wasn't born yesterday, right? In my lifetime. And, and I said gifts of healings. What did we learn? You have to go to the original Greek. You can trust the, the original Greek that the Bible was written in. In translations of the Bible all over the world, we find either gift of healing, gifts of healings, or gifts of healing, You don't see both words in plural unless you go to the Greek. In the original, so I said, God, why in the world are gifts of healings the only one that's plural like that except diverse kinds of tongues? It's the only gift in there that's plural. Do you get my drift? And the Lord began to remind me of people in my life that I I have gotten on a plane flown to sea to sit down with them to pick their brain over these subjects, all right? And I told you, I met a man. The girl came to him and said, I want you to pray for me. Would you pray for me? What's wrong? Would you pray for me? And it was a certain type of cancer. He said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get my wife. Because it just seems that the Holy Ghost uses her very often in praying against cancers." And he went on to explain to her, what, what is, is this? What the Holy Ghost has proven to me? He uses me in this line of healing, but he uses my wife in the cancer line of healing. That's why it made sense to me. It's gifts of healings. And why shouldn't there be gifts of healings since there's so many different types of cancer in the world, so many different kinds of illness in the world, so many different kinds of sickness, more names than you can come up with just for cancer alone. And it just sat well in my spirit. Now, you don't have to eat that. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. If you don't like it, don't take it home with you. All right? But gifts of healings, it makes sense to me that there's all kinds of sickness and disease. Also, how many of you know, have you ever met anybody that needed healing in their finances? Have you ever known anybody that needed healing in their mind? People can get sick in their mind. So it's gifts of healings. Don't get heartburn over it. All right? Don't, don't get wrapped around the axle over it. Let's keep it simple. Let's keep it real. Amen so you've got then you've got three gifts left, three gifts of revelation, and why are they called gifts of revelation? Because they reveal something. I know that that goes over some people's heads, right? Three revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits all right well i'll tell you i'm 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 very happy to be moving into these vocal gifts because these are, this is where the rubber meets the road. What, what is there more controversy about, uh, which we're not going to do the prayer language today, but I'm just going to give you an example. People with a prayer language. My mother, when she was a little girl, she never visited a Pentecostal church, but my alcoholic grandfather did. He'd get drunk, and he'd set my mother up in his lap, and he would mock Pentecostal Christians and act like he was praying in tongues. He'd act like he was praying in tongues and mock him, and he, he knew exactly what he was doing, and um, it, it, it made my mother very distraught. She, she didn't know what he was talking about, but she knew it was wrong. By the way, she's a spirit-filled Christian today, and she prays in tongues today, amen? She's the one that took all of us to that Pentecostal church and corrupted us all. <laughs> so in this message, we're going to begin our discussion of the three gifts of inspiration or utterance of these three gifts, and my opinion... I'll tell you why. Prophecy is the most important. And I'll get to that. The reason, I think, is that it takes other two inspirational gifts working together. It takes two of them. You You can't do a message in church in tongues without an interpreter. But in prophecy, someone can just stand up all by their lonesome. Blessed and anointed by God and the Holy Ghost and give a message. Not depending on anybody else in the room. All right. To me, that's important. All right? So I want you to take a look. Grab your Bibles and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There only going to be a few more minutes here. I want to get to this thing about why I've been saying the prophecy is different in the New Testament. So we've got to take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. Now, what I want to do is I want to share the verse with you in the King James Version and the English Standard Version. So we get a real clear understanding of what's being said. Now, the writer of Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5, in the English Standard Version, pay closer to this. He said, now, I want you all to speak in tongues. Do you hear what Paul just said? I want you all to speak in tongues. He said, I want you all to speak in tongues. Now, don't you go feeling tripped out if you don't speak in tongues. Don't let the devil mess with you. Paul's just saying, I'd like it if all of you did it, right? But he says... Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more, to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So when I said to you that prophecy is greater than tongues and interpretation, the Bible just said that. Do you get my drift? It only takes one one person to be responsible to stand up and speak forth the words of God when the other gift takes two people. How many of you know the more human beings you can mix in something, the more chance you have of it going south on a pig trail? That's what we say in the south, right? All right. So in the King James Version, it says, I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Pay close attention to that. Do Do you get this if I say to you, that prophesying and tongues and interpretation are for the edification of the church. Did I just read that word in the Bible so that you may be edified. might do you good to look that word up in the dictionary when you get home. To be clear, the reason why I believe that prophecy is more important than tongues and interpretation is because it only involves one individual. It only requires one gift to be completed. So, now next week I'm going to have all of this in print and I'm going to put it in your hands. All right? One, prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known or understood language. Does that make sense to you? Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known or understood language. Secondly, diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown language. Rocket surgery, right? Rocket surgery. Here, we're doing rocket science, right? Third, interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. In in this way, these three gifts are the simplest ones out there to understand, right? Uh, Prophecies, supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Diverse kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. Now, let's look at the Hebrew and Greek for this. The Hebrew meaning of the phrase to prophesy means to flow forth. Hebrew, the phrase to prophesy means to flow forth. It also carries with it the thought that to bubble forth like a fountain, to let drop. I like that because where does it come from? It comes from heaven, amen? Let it drop, amen? Right into our service. To bubble forth like a fountain, to let drop, to lift up, to tumble forth, and to spring forth. Then you look at the Greek word that's translated prophecy, it means to speak for another. So prophecy can mean to speak for God or to be his spokesman. You know, there should be a little cringe in that for you. It's an awesome responsibility. But God wants to use us this way. Amen? If he wants to use us this way, let's let him do it. All right? Let's not let being uninformed keep us away from these wonderful gifts of the Holy Ghost. Right? All right, let's look again. Look again with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. I'm going to to read it to you in the English Standard Version first, and I'm going to read it to you in the King James Version. Well, the King James Version said, follow after charity. What do we know? That means pursue love, right? Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. So there we're told again, we're supposed to be desiring these things, right? Follow after love or charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. In the English Standard Version, it says, Pursue love and earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Paul is telling us that we ought to be going after this one. Amen? Now, am I lying or am I making something up? Am I twisting the Word of God to you? No, he's telling us that we, we we need to pursue this, right? We're told to desire spiritual gifts, but especially that we might prophesy. This doesn't mean that we're not to desire the other gifts, But we are to especially desire to prophesy. You drop down to verse 39 in 1 Corinthians. It says, so my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy. Stop right there for a minute. Earnestly desire to prophesy. So, would we be out of order if we said that God through Paul spoke to the church at Corinth? And it applies to the church everywhere to desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. I mean, isn't it, it's the Bible, right? This is a pretty important gift to the church, right? Now, I, wanna, I wanna, wrote this note, and I said, Lord, I don't know if I can explain this well. And we're going to close with this one. I want us to look at foretelling, foretelling versus forthtelling. The simple gift of prophecy should not be confused with the prophetic office or with prophetic utterance that may come forth. And a prophet's ministry. Are you getting the idea that it's very different? It's two very different things. If a, if a man st- or a woman stands up in the church as a prophet or a prophetess and they open their mouth and they start talking, we should be able to recognize the calling on their life and the office they stand in for what reason? Because of the endorsement of the Holy Ghost. You understand what I'm saying? A person can stand up all day long and say, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet, I'm an apostle, I'm an apostle. But if the Holy Ghost doesn't show you his endorsement in their life, do you have to believe what he's saying? He can put stamps all over his forehead. I'm an apostle. It won't make any difference until the Holy Ghost stamps him. Amen? It won't make any difference, right? So I know that I've confused some of you, and I love you so much, and I'm sorry for that. I didn't mean to confuse you. You look at prophets in the Old Testament, you knew they were prophets because when they opened their mouth, they spoke with authority, and they usually told the future. Am I right or wrong? And man, did we not put them up on a pedestal? We did, didn't we? All right, in the New Testament, the fivefold ministry is still the fivefold ministry because it's marked by the Holy Ghost. The fivefold ministry is marked by the Holy Ghost. And if a person's going to stand in the office of a prophet, if they're called and the Holy Ghost is stamping them, they're going to talk about the future. They're going to do it. Don't get me wrong. That's not going to stop. But if you do that, are you, does that mean you're a prophet? No. Why? Because in the New Testament, it's more identified with a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. That's how we define it now. It's just defined differently. Man, you take an apostle or a prophet, I've always admired the very few that I've ever come across. But when they opened their mouth, they spoke with authority and they weren't wrong. Boy, you know me. You don't want me on my soapbox. In the last year, we have seen so many so called prophets and apostles open their mouth. And and man, alive, I couldn't find one of them that was correct. You understand what I'm saying? You would think there'd be a great deal of repentance in the church over that, but you know what we got? Excuses. One guy that that talked about nothing but the two dreams he had, his excuse was, I was brainwashed. You know, I thought to myself, I love you, brother, but you might as well have just gotten on the air and said, look, I was wrong. I was deceived. And I'm repenting. And I'm getting right with God over this because this unnerved me because it should. But all we got was excuses. But I'm telling you, the pandemic was more about the church than it was about the world. The pandemic was about bringing the church back to that altar. That's what the pandemic was about, all right? And it's about us getting right with God and getting in the Word. Look, look, I I promise you here, just let me share this last little thing here with you a little bit. So we can see that the simple gift of prophecy in the New Testament, listen, well, let's see. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people, and this is prophecy now. Listen to prophecy in the New Testament as a gift of the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks all about the future. That's not what it says. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people for their uh, upbuilding. their encouragement, and their consolation. That's what the gift of the Spirit called prophecy is all about. It's not no longer about telling the future. That's the business of a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. The revelation involved in a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom. And why did the Holy Ghost, why did God, when he wrote the New Testament, differentiate between the two? Because not everybody fits in the five-fold ministry, but everybody can be used by God. So, in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit's so smart that He separated it out. You got the fivefold ministry gifts, and then you have every child of God in the kingdom that can be used in the gifts of the Spirit without ever fitting into them into that mantle of the fivefold ministry. Does this make sense to you now? So, in my experience and being in a church, when someone rose up and they began to give a message from God. Prophecy in its purest form is it—it's like almost a spiritual pep rally. God begins to speak through a person about His love, His provision, His care—all of the—all of you know the depth of that love and all of those things—and you know, and people are just getting excited. They're getting happy. They're getting edified. It ain't got nothing to do with future. That's why there's been a shift with the word prophecy in the New Testament. There's been a strong shift towards. Uh, a difference between the fivefold ministry and how the gifts of the Spirit use them, and how the gifts of the Spirit use everybody else in the church. Um, can Jack prophesy? You bet. He can prophesy. He can prophesy. He can. He stand up and say, "Thus says the Lord," and begin to expound because the Holy Ghost is on him about all of the good things of God, and us get excited and happy about it. You bet. Amen. That's the way the gift of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy, that's what I call it. Because you've got you to admit, telling of the future is a little more complex, right? But the simple gift of prophecy is edifying, builds people up. Don't be confused about it. Matter of fact, watch this. When the gifts of the Spirit began to move in churches, uh, new and fresh, it generally is tongues and interpretation and prophecy. There's your two big gifts warms everybody up gets them ready for greater things all right so we can see that the simple gift of prophecy in the new testament there is no revelation involved the simple gift of prophecy is given for education exhortation and comfort why do we know because we just read it in the bible right however in the office of the prophet we very often find that revelation and foretelling does come forth and at times through the vehicle of various gifts what did we say Can a person, if a person stands up and starts giving a message in English and yet it involves something that God's telling the church about the future, it can be a word of wisdom given through the gift of prophecy. Say, brother, you're confusing me now. No, no, let's keep it simple. How many of you rode to church today in a car? The vehicle was a car. How many of you are a car? Riding here in a car didn't turn you into a car. A word of wisdom given through the gift of prophecy doesn't change the vehicle any. It's still the gift of prophecy. And, and why do I say that? Because it's manifest by someone standing up or someone starting to speak forth a message given to them by God. Can it reveal a word of wisdom? Yes, it can. How many of you know we can't put God in a box? And how many times have I told you the gifts overlap anyway, right? But most of the time, if an individual starts talking in church, it's usually the simple gift of prophecy. And it's edifying, it's comforting, it's like a cheer, almost a rally, a cheering rally. You understand what I'm saying? And people get happy. Man, the first time I ever saw that, I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was God. Amen? So it's interesting to note the difference between prophecy in the Old Testament and prophecy in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, prophecy was essentially foretelling. But in the New Testament, we see that the gift of prophecy shifts strongly to forth. Telling. Well, Brother Dennis, what in the world do you mean? Listen to this carefully. We're closing with this. It's our finishing line. Fourth telling may be simply defined as speaking forth or speaking out God's word to those whom God desired to hear it. Fourth-telling, not foretelling. Foretelling's about the future. Forth telling, F-O-R-T-H-T-E-L-L-I-N-G. You know, I know this. I looked it up in a dictionary. Do you not realize if you've got a dictionary at home, you've you got a tool, right? Forth telling may be simply defined as speaking forth or speaking out God's word to those whom God desired to hear it. All right? Is that enough for today? <sighs> Ruthie and me love you guys. Loved like family. <laughs> Loved like family. All right? Or are you, I, I pray, God help me teach this subject. There is no subject in the Bible that is wrapped in so much confusion as the gifts of the Spirit, and it shouldn't ought to be. It shouldn't ought to be. You got nine gifts, break them up into three groups. One group says something, one group reveals something, one group does something. And when you start thinking like that, then you can start remembering all nine of the gifts. All right. How about next week to start the service? If Jesus comes to get us, it won't matter. Are you with me on that? But what do we start the service next week by reviewing the definitions for each gift again? Okay? And and I'll put it in print and I'll give it to you. You need to tuck it in your Bible. Why? Man, if somebody rips loose in church and they're obeying God and they began to speak forth rip that thing out of your Bible and look at it. Oh, I know what that is. I know what that is. That's prophecy. That's prophecy. I don't care if you have to look back at your Cliff Notes every Sunday. Amen? Let's get to where we're comfortable with what the Holy Ghost wants to do. All right? All right? All right. I love you. If you're here today and I've never met you, please, I'm going to I'm gonna beeline for that door back there. I just want to meet you. All right. If I've never met you, I've met some of you just before the service, um, but I want to meet you and shake your hand. After that, I've got to like whoo, to the airport <laughs> I got a plane to catch, but uh, pray for me and Ruthie that we're safe, you know, that God continues to bless us, take care of us. He's blessing us through you. I love you. You're, you're great. All right. Hey, you mind if I pray for you? then stand up, don't just look at me like that, like a cow studying in the new gate, you know. Father, we love you so very much. Mm, you are so good to us, you're so gracious, you're so wonderful, you're so powerful and you're so giving and, and Lord, we, we really endeavor, you know at Live Spring Bible Church, we try to spend a whole lot of time worshiping you just because you're on the throne, you're who you are, you're the God of the universe. Uh, We don't want to be guilty all the time of asking you for this and asking you for that. But yet, you're the kind of God that we can do it. We need something. We can come to you and ask for it. But, Father, you're on the throne. Uh, No matter what goes on in this world, you don't break a sweat. You don't have to get out of your chair. Um, Lord, I, I thank you that from what I can tell in the word of God, that when Lucifer rose up and caused a rebellion in heaven, You didn't get up. Jesus didn't even get up. Y'all just told uh, two archangels, go kick him out. Michael and Gabriel. Told Michael and Gabriel, go kick him out. Michael and Gabriel went and kicked him out. One-third of the angels of heaven. Father, you didn't have to rise from your chair. Christ didn't even have to be involved. Uh, Father, that's why I'm reminded that whenever we're under attack from the powers of darkness, we have nothing to fear. The devil is not your opposite, God. He's the opposite of Michael and Gabriel. Some people think of him being as the opposite of you, Father. And in doing so, they give him way too much authority over their lives. If he was perfect evil versus your perfect good, neither one of you would ever win when we know for a fact that Satan was defeated long, long ago. Long ago. And those that were created a little lower than the angels were given the name of Jesus. And they do not want to do what we tell them to do, but they have to do what we tell them to do. I believe that's what upsets the powers of darkness so much. Father, thank you for all the great reminders that we got from you today and from your word. You're so good. You're so gracious. You're so kind. You love us so much. Lord, we want to learn every day more about loving you. Uh, We can't even love you the way you want to be loved unless we get help from the Holy Ghost. So we're going to get help from the Holy Ghost, Father jesus mighty name thank you for the holy spirit and his gifts thank you for them operating at light spring bible church and in the lives of your people here and for every church in the country that lifts up the name of jesus every church in the world that lifts up the name of jesus teach us about the holy spirit and his gifts and may we make him feel welcome with all of his gifts in every service and every nook and cranny of our lives watch over us as we depart from this place today keep us safe for your glory in christ's name we pray and everybody sin. Amen and amen. Fellowship together before you leave.